what we won't be talking about is the what's. Mm -hmm. um, because Very individual. Because the what is up to your gut. Welcome everyone to another episode of Coaches on Couches. Being slouches. I am Coach Dale Sanford. And I am Coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching, where we specialize in helping time-crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. You can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com. Check us out on YouTube and Facebook at Build Peak Compete and all up on that Instagram at BPC Performance. Sweet. So last time we uh, we had more the humans race director uh, directors mm -hmm. of Memphis seventy point three on the couch. Uh, if you haven't checked that out, you should. Um, but we thought it'd be timely since we're about six weeks out. Mm -hmm. um, from the race to talk about kind of an all-encompassing like race day fueling hydration kind of the the when whys and hows of of fueling for a, a race like this um, what we won't be talking about is the what's mm -hmm. um, because Very individual because the what is up to your gut the what depends on your gut the what is up to your gut <laughs> so need a shirt for that every yeah Everyone's stomach handles food differently. Mm. Um, what you can do and what we highly recommend you do is one, uh, practice. Practice yes. everything. Uh, even in these, some of these recommendations that we're going to be giving as far as calorie uh, or grams of carbs amount and stuff like that has to be practiced. But you can also train your gut. There is time still to train your gut to take in more calories more carbohydrates if you find that you're underdoing it. Mm -hmm. um, so we won't be telling you what to eat. Of course, I'm going to be giving examples of my own plan yeah. uh, to help uh, to help give give examples. But um, it's yeah, no those... secret that we use Precision Hydration products, uh, believers, great yeah. partners of ours. Yep. So um, I'll be using those as examples, but. Yeah, if you're if you're a beginner and have never done like a half iron event, hopefully you know the plan for this this podcast here is to kind of walk you through from when the alarm clock clock goes off and when the alarm clock goes off, all the way to you know when you cross that that finish line. Yeah. So um, again, practice, practice, practice. You ha you have to practice. Yeah, and everyone, everyone should be in their long volume block of yeah. their of their. Yep. Uh, prep for this race yep. so perfect time to practice it because you know what you can handle fine for a two-hour event may or two hours of training is is may not be the same hour five hour six yep. you know some folks are going to be out there you know seven eight hours so um you need to practice during your longer volume days uh yep. and, and see how your body responds see how your tastes respond over the course of the day so let's jump on in let's get it alarm clock beep 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 Beep, beep. Snooze. Alarm nine, clock. Nine minutes later. <laughs> beep, beep. What? 
What's the iPhone nine minutes? I don't know. Beep beep. Because if you have to get up on a, if you have to be somewhere in one minute, you now have time. Uh, so four thirty alarm clock. Yeah, seven o'clock race. Four o'clock, four thirty, somewhere in there. You're gonna get up and you're going to eat your main breakfast. All right. So you're eating. You know, three, two half, two and a half, three hours away from when you're gonna start. We're considering it about a seven a.m. start time. Mm. Here's where people, my, their minds get blown as far as the whole day fueling. Mm-hmm. You have to eat a pretty large breakfast, or not necessarily the breakfast itself, but from the time you get up and you start eating to the time you tiptoe into the water, you, you're going to be taking in uh, somewhere probably between 800 and 1,000 calories, or you should be, yeah. uh, because you're trying to top off any glycogen stores that you um, are that are not topped off and then also kind of continuously have a little bit more fuel in the tank for that swim exactly because you're always fueling for the next event of the day mm-hmm. um, or the next part of the day so your breakfast and the, what you eat prior fuels you for the swim and then even into the early parts of the bike yep um, so we're topping off so if you eat, and we're pre-eating. Like for the person who eats very little or nothing, if you think about it, your last meal was dinner time, say yeah. 7 o'clock. Now you're 12 hours fasted going into the start of the swim. And then the time you're going to spend on the swim, yep. like, you're going to be in the hurt locker. You're going to have some hunger pangs. Pretty darn quick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, stopping for some Taco Bell along the I, way. Yeah, I know. I know you and I, I don't think we can go more than two and a half, three hours without yeah. eating, without it's tough. being hungry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so just you know, just imagine you eat at four, four thirty, and then you don't get in the water till seven, seven thirty. Sometimes people don't get in the water till after eight o'clock because of the, the way the rolling starts happen. Yeah. So if you know that you're going to be later, a later start time, you like adjust this, adjust the start of your first meal and your last snack before starting. Yep. So. Again, I'm trying to take in like a thousand calories before I get in the water. And so basically that happens around probably 4.30, 5 o'clock. I'm taking, basically I, mine is generally a, a peanut butter and jelly bagel. It's probably around 600 calories between the bagel, the peanut butter and jelly. Yep. Uh, so that's a good start. So 600 calories there. You get your stuff together. You head to the race. Um, you know, you're... You're setting up your transition area. Generally, after I'm done setting up, um, before like any type of a warm up or anything like that, I'll take in another like a Cliff Bar or something. It's like 240 calories. Oh. So, so now I'm like over 800, like 8, 850-ish, uh, you know, c- calorie wise. Um, and that'll be like again, like hour before start time, maybe. Yep. Um, so you're getting in that last kind of that's my last solid food, um, and then probably 30 minutes before I'm about to get in the water, I, sometimes even later, like I'll I'll push it like 15 minutes before, mm. I'll take a gel, which is another 120 calories. So in total, I'm 960 or something calories deep yep. uh, before I even started the race, mm-hmm. and that way I know I'm topped off and ready. Yep. So if you never, if you've never practiced eating that much, start <laughs> practice yeah. it now, mm-hmm. um, because the start while the start is stressful, 
the start of a of a half iron distance race is not hard. It shouldn't be. You shouldn't go out like a cannon exactly. in a race like this. So yeah. you can you can tolerate eating a little bit more closer to the start. And we've yeah. done nutrition timing podcasts and all that stuff. So um, I don't worry about getting an upset stomach in the water mm. when I ate something an hour ago and then I ate a gel, which is like probably the easiest thing to digest. And that's something you should practice before your next swim. Yep. Like play around with with that meal timing and what you're going to have and see how the body responds in the pool where it's a, obviously a much safer environment than uh probably the biggest mistake people make is not eating enough mm-hmm. before oh, sure. a big race like this yeah uh and that's what i say when like you know you're going to go into a deficit like few people are going to eat enough over the course of the race to offset the amount of calories they're expending and if you're out there for five hours and you're running a you know 300, 400, 500 calorie deficit per hour, even with fueling, I mean, that adds up to, what, 2,500 plus calories oh, yeah. uh, of a deficit? I mean, that's something you, that's going to impact performance. Right. So if you can start with that buffer with the well topped off, I mean, that's you're going to be leaps and bounds ahead of the person who's going into it with very minimal. And this stomach. same goes for hydration. So, like, I get up, mm-hmm. I usually take a preload before, which is... I use that our Precision Hydration 1500 product, yep. 16 ounces of that first thing in the morning with that bagel, and then I'll take a whole nother like liter bottle with me yep. uh, to the race to sip on all I, the way up to the start, pretty much. That's a, until I gotta get rid of the bottle. Big recommendation, regardless of the sport you're doing, uh, have have that separate bottle that's got the electrolytes yep. in it. That you can sip on from from when you wake up or you know after you've done your preload until you get to the start. Have it be a separate bottle too, so you're not playing around with you know refilling it. You know it's one you can dump. And I, and I, in those bottles I don't put calories. Those are tablets, so calorie pretty much calorie free, um, so that I'm not just like because I want to be getting in the fluids. I don't want to just keep pouring in calories, mm-hmm. tons of calories leading right up to the start. Yep. Uh, I want that to be very controlled, which is a whole, it's a little bit more of a debate, but we're on very much on the side of separating calories and fluid electrolyte in the bottle, calories from other sources, carbohydrates from other sources. Yep. Um, I do, I do mix that a little bit, but on a very on the very low end of calorie very low end calories in the bottles yeah. um, and i'll go more into that um but for the most part it's separated because if you get if it's hot and you need more fluid you cannot physically get the fluid you need without taking in all the calories that go with it yeah if each bottle's 300 cows and you're having to drink two two bottles you're at 600 cows in an, in an hour and if and you want gut rot that's a lot. Go that route. That's a lot. Yeah. You know, uh, there, there, and we've talked about this before. There are times, and and part of my plan is to drink close to a liter an hour on the bike, and um, at that level, like with calories, a liter in some of the drink mixes out there could be six hundred calories, and I don't know anyone who can tolerate six hundred calories an hour um, at intensity at yeah, some race. sort of intent moderate to you know moderate intensity yeah. so okay so for the person that's going to never been to the you know kind of the setup of their transition 
what are they needing to bring? So you you just said two liters per hour is about what you're targeting. Yeah. So you know your bike obviously you can have tons of cages on a. So, on so a your bike, bike your bike's already going to be in transition. So for, it's there. You're going to be checked in. So uh, I usually leave. I have a front bottle that I use. That's a liter. It's a I got the, I got the biggest one I could find that was like arrow. Yeah. Um, some of the other big ones like you can like some of the speed fill systems are pretty big. You can you can put like all, close to a liter in those. Um, so but you can pile cages on your bike if you need a ton of fluid um and you can also pull off the course the challenge with pulling off the course is if you've never used the stuff that's on course electrolyte wise yeah i wouldn't recommend messing with it and it may be totally under concentrated for what you need it may be way too high in carbohydrates uh you know i would rather if you're gonna pull off the course you're better off taking mix or tablets or whatever with you putting them on your bike somewhere and then put gra- grabbing water and mixing water it on the fly yeah uh for for your stomach's sake that's my recommendation yeah no surprises um but when you get there your bike's already there i leave my front bottle on i basically have my my warm-up bottle which is about a liter of electrolyte fluid um i have the liter bottle that i'm going to dump in my front bottle so that's already mixed pop that in there and then i'll have one other liter bottle on my bike so we've talked about this before we use the the zephyl magnums which are a 32 ounce bottle that fit in a normal bottle cage so i'm not a huge fan of having bottles behind me because i hate having to sit up to get to them Mm -hmm. um so by carrying the zephyl you basically have two smaller bottles in one big bottle um and it's really easy to grab, grab it and yeah. pop it into the front bottle, transition it to the front bottle. Um, so, granted, like personally, I'm shooting for somewhere around two hour, two and a half hours, maybe under two and a half hours on the bike. Um, but like in that, so two two liters about is probably about enough for for me for that distance Mm -hmm. or for that duration now if i have a problem and i'm out there longer i may run into an issue Mm -hmm. on that Mm -hmm. um but i can always pull off the course and and get fluids that way um but if you're if you're going to be out there you can always add cages a lot of frames can take two cages inside the triangle um you can get at least two on the back usually. Mm-hmm. So you have the option to carry everything you need. Uh, or you can do what some people do and carry your first major load of fluids mm-hmm. mixed to your preference and then um, pull off the course. Pull the water off the course, mix it on the fly, and keep keep going. Yep. Um, but make sure that your, your first you know, uh, whatever bottles you have on your bike are, are all, all electrolytes. Yep. Like, uh, like to put water on the bike, you're just diluting whatever you take in worth of electrolytes. And in a long day when it could conceivably be pretty hot and you're going to be turning over a lot of fluid, you need as much electrolyte as you possibly can. Now there are other alternatives. You can obviously take capsules, base salt, some stuff like that, that you can supplement sodium with. Yeah. But um, 
My only problem with base salts is that it's totally unpredictable about how much sodium you get in that little salt lick thing. Um, and then the capsules are great, but um, I'll go into later. I, I usually t take those on the run because it's harder to carry all your fluids with you. So I'll usually go to those on the run and I don't really want to take in uh, like 15, 20 capsules yeah. in a day. So um, just bring everything you can on the bike mixed. So fluid wise, put it on the bike. Fueling wise, you're setting up your transition area. You have a few options. You can do like what I do is I just tape all my gels to the top tube. I'll probably put close to six gels. It's kind of like the Rambo holster. It's Absolutely. Just on the top tube. Yeah. It's like a Rambo holster. <laughs> base. Yeah. So, uh, grenade, grenade, grenade. Yeah. Yeah. So you just tape them to the top tube and you can rip them off as you go um, and take them on the fly, store them in a pocket, whatever. Um, that, so you're going to go for how many? Like going specifics now for you. So on the, wise, on the bike, grams of carbohydrates. So on the bike, I'm shooting for somewhere between 60 and 90 grams of carbs per hour. Um, I'm hoping to get close to 90. Um, that's what I've been kind of training with. Again, like, train, yeah. train and test. So what, what that looks like basically is the liter of fluid that I have does have about 30 grams of carbs in it, which isn't a ton for that much fluid. Yeah, essentially you could drink three liters and still be at the 360 right. calories, 360 yeah. calories. So um, there's 30 grams in there and I'll probably take two gels an hour, maybe, you know, if it's, you know, not to break it up, like, because if you break it up, it's, the bike's going to be over two hours. I'm not going to, I'm not going to break two hours on the bike. Yeah. Uh, so um, I'm going to be out there a little bit over two hours. So I'll probably end up taking like, you know, you consider you get out of the water, you're not eating in the water. Yeah. You haven't eaten now for 30 minutes to 45 minutes to an hour 10 if you're right at the cutoff. Uh, so that's a long time to go without, mm -hmm. to be exercising without fuel. Yep. So I generally eat almost immediately when I get on the bike. Uh, so get on the bike, I'll pop a gel immediately, start f hydrating. Yep. Um, sometimes you can you pop a gel in T2 if you, or T1 if you really want to. Um, but I have it all on the bike. It's already there. You know, if you need more, your your options are if, if you're not a gel person, if you do bars and stuff, you can, you know, I usually recommend do that people do that on the front half of the bike and go to more gels and yeah. stuff like that later. Um, but um, it's all on the bike. And your other option basically is you come out of, you, you get in T1 and you just pile your pockets full of your food. Sense. You know, if you yeah. have your, your suit on or what your top pile your pockets full of food and then get do on you, with it. Do you pre-open yours? If you were to be using bars? If and it stuff, were bars, gonna... absolutely. Yeah. If it's, if it's bars or something like that, they're already pre-opened. So I don't have to mess with that. It's yeah. like, that's the reason I don't, a lot of times I don't use them is because I don't want to mess with yeah, having to open them like an arrow and, and you're, yeah. it's just kind of a mess. Half the time you, I end up dropping half of it. Like, so on a, on a half iron, I still stick with pretty much gels. Um, I can tolerate them for four to five hours with no yeah. no problems. No gastrointestinal issues. Um, so, again, 
liter of fluid, two gels ish an hour, and that's right at that 90, 90 grams of carbs. Yep. Uh, I might be a little under, but not. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, but that's the recommendation right now. That the big recommendation that's going around for people who are doing exercise in excess of four hours is getting that 60 to 90 gram of carb that range mm. um so and that and that you know right now the science is saying that's not relative to your experience level your size your gender like that's the recommendation right now for pretty much everyone now there's a there's a lot of science going on in fueling right now uh with the whole like super sapiens thing coming out and people monitoring their blood glucose that kind of thing may totally flip this on its head but yeah. as of right now that's what if you look at most of like even like the uh all the the pro men and women in half and full ironman they're all kind of targeting that 90 grams of carbs per hour um even at their speeds Mm -hmm. So they're, they're not out there as long as the majority of us, and they're still trying to bring in as much carb as possible. Yeah. So just goes to show you, the more you can tolerate, goes back to training your gut, mm -hmm. the better performance you're going to, you're going to withstand and, and not risk that fall off in the next leg yeah, from a deficit. Yeah. Don't forget we are, we are fueling for the next leg. Yeah. So I am thinking to myself, I'm over fueling almost on the bike. Yeah. So that I don't actually have to eat quite as much on the run because it's so much harder to consume calories. And that's a yeah, that's run. a big thing. And and most people, especially if you maybe aren't doing a longer brick or you you know you're going out and doing your long run that may be two hours long, um, yeah. or possibly longer. But you know you can kind of you can kind of get through you know an hour forty five. You can get to a two hour run without fueling a ton. So you may be deceived a little bit in how you're going to feel on your run um, and what sort of feeling you're going to need to try to do during your run if you haven't haven't done that distance, that duration on the back end of, you know, what could be, what, three, four, five hours um, of, of exercise already. So uh, you need to practice for sure what you can tolerate on the run. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to the run here in just a second. Um, so but, going back to transit, or I guess we'll wait till you go to the run. Well, we're you know we're we we're, we're still on the bike. We're okay. still there. Was on the bike. Yeah, yeah. So the one thing I will say, like, you know, I'm 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 telling you, like, we need as much electrolyte as possible. That sort of thing. Keep electrolytes in all your bottles, if at all possible, especially if it's hot. Um, but if your stomach does start to turn on you you know it could you could be either consuming too many calories or you could be overhydrating so um that's where like you need to be a little flexible in this plan and not just you know think well if i'm not if i don't take in these calories at this time you know that this whole thing's going yeah, you're not sour. a robot you can't be a robot yeah so you have to like if your stomach starts to sour go south or whatever you know, you can go to plain water, grab a bottle from an aid station. Usually they're about every 15 miles. So, uh, grab a bottle from an aid station, sip on some plain water, you know, reduce your carb intake for a little bit, you know, see if you can get your stomach back, uh, normal so that you can start to take calories back in. Yep. Um, and then start, you know, start 
introducing those those uh, your normal plan back into it. Um, you know, generally speaking, if you've trained with it, you should you wouldn't have you won't have a problem. Um, where people get um, problems is they um, they try to t- they try to take in too much at one time. So like, I'm not gonna like drink an entire liter and take two gels like at the front half of every hour. Like this is very set, spread out. Like, and a lot of times when I'm uh, like drinking, like it's just big sips. Like it's not even on a timer. It's just yeah. I get thirsty, big sips. Like I just take bigger sips every time I drink versus just sipping like small sips. Like you get barely anything in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes when I'm taking a gel, I'll like take half of it and then like ride for a couple minutes and then take the other half just so it's not the whole gel just you know going in you got 30 grams of carbs piling into your stomach right Mm -hmm. away Mm -hmm. um so separate it so uh, basically i'm gonna probably eat within 15 minutes of starting the bike and then i'm gonna eat probably every 30 minutes after that um until i you know get off the bike um so we we have to make sure that we are eating enough, but we have to be also flexible if our stomach decides that on this day, it doesn't want anymore. So will you ever take, so you're going gel, gel plan here. Will you ever take, I know you like the, the honey stinger waffles. Like, will you ever go, okay, I'm going to just take one solid thing with me just in case my stomach's not, not jiving on the gels or do you pretty much like I'm all in? I mean, I like, I haven't had any problems with them yet. And I've, I've used them in higher intensity races. Um, honestly, there are very few gels that I can take on the run. Okay. And I took the pH performance fuel gels to nationals and took gels on the Olympic distance run and had zero problems, which, uh, is pretty abnormal for me. So, um, I don't have any problems with doing. I, I I do love the honey stinger waffles, and I take them on longer rides, and uh, and I'll I you know I fueled an entire fifty k basically with waffles. Uh, so I thought you were going to say your breakfast is uh, five of those waffles with syrup on them. Yeah, <laughs> I stack them, stack them up, <laughs> cut them with a knife. Yeah, uh, occasionally I will like that'll be like the fir- maybe like not the very first thing I eat. Because a lot of times coming out of the water in, in T1, your heart rate's a little jacked up. But no. maybe like within the first 20 miles of the bike, I'll eat one. It's just a, it's more of a convenience thing, mm-hmm. really. I don't yeah. like having to mess with the packaging and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But, you know, if you pre-open it, yeah, sure. I mean, they go down pretty easy. So, um, But I'm all about simplicity. And um, I, don't, I don't really get in an event like this, I'm so focused on my effort and everything else. I need the, I need the fueling plan to be like super simple so that I don't like, I can't like, I don't want to have to make a decision. I don't like, should I eat the honey stinger waffle now or should I wait? Like, nope. All I have is, oh, what? (laughs) All I have is this giant buffet of gels. Okay. That's it. That's all we got. Yeah. Uh, But again, I've trained with it. So it's really, it's not abnormal at all. Yep. Um, so you're, you're getting off the bike. You've taken in a lot of calories on the bike. We're getting into T2 and, um, 
basically, this is kind of where the carrying stuff gets a little bit harder. Mm. And, you know, you could be out there for three plus hours on this half marathon. Uh, so you're going to need a lot of fluid, a lot of electrolyte, and a decent amount of calories. And so um, my plan personally is to, I mean, I get into T, to T2 and I load my pockets with all of the fuel that I'm going to need. Gels, more gels. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't... Did you like set that in your hat or where do you have that set up in your transition? Yeah, if it's a if it's a normal transition where you've set up all your own stuff, basically I what I do is I yeah, I put all the gels in my hat and then the first thing, you know, you you t- rack your bike, take your helmet off and then basically I'll put my shoes on and then I pick up my hat with this giant yeah. Yeah, just put my hat on with all the gels in it. <laughs> I, yeah, I pick my hat up with basically uh, my race belt and my sunglasses and the gels. And then I'll, st- as I'm running out of T2, I'll start popping them in my pockets. Yep. Now there are a bunch of race belts you can get that you can literally like, it's like a, it looks like shotgun shells. Like, Rambo? Yeah. Rambo mm-hmm. belt. You can pile as, you know, I don't know. I think I've seen up to eight gels on these belts and they're already pre like put in there. So you just throw the belt on, mm-hmm. which is pretty convenient. I'm considering going that route. Okay. Um, but you basically just have to shove your pockets full of your food. Um, and they will have stuff out on course. But again, it's, it, unless you've trained with what they have on course, and right now at, on this day, uh, they usually have Red Bull, Coke, like some some bar purple stuff martine gels right now martine gels and if you've never had them um probably i mean they work for a lot of people heard good things about them but i've never used them so i'm not going to just try it on race day Mm -hmm. uh so i'm going to carry all the gels i need for the the run um and the big thing that i do that a lot of people don't some people like well, what do i do about my electrolytes I'm going to take in a, like a large bottle out of T2 pre-mixed with my electrolyte solution that fits how I sweat and I'm going to drink that until it's gone. Mm. I'm going to carry it and run with it. I'm like, yeah, I run with the bottle. It's not that big a deal. Uh, run with the bottle and drink it to thirst until it's gone. Usually at that point, I'm at least halfway to eight miles into this run yeah. and at that point, ditch the bottle, and I go to basically water and capsules. So I'll take sweat salt capsules, or 250 milligrams a piece. Uh, I'll pop one about every 15 minutes, and you know I, I might have to take, you know, at that point I might have to take up to five of them or something like that by the end of the run or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty easy. I mean, that makes it super simple. One capsule. You know, basically uh, every other aid station or something, capsule, water, you know, and I'll take water at each aid station too. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm still eating gels. Occasionally, if I really feel like I'm on the downslope, I'll start taking Red Bull or Coke or whatever, it's just sugar basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point in the race, like it, later in the race, 
if the gels aren't working for me anymore, like just mentally or whatever, yeah. I just go straight to Coke and Red Bull, you know, straight sugar basically. Yeah. Um, now, are you still shooting for, you know, you're doing what? The I'm shooting 90 for cows. 90 on the bike, but not on the run. So, There's no so on way. the run, are you going to go like one gel per hour? On the run, I'm going to basically cut it by about a third. So I'm going to shoot for 60 grams in probably the first hour of the run. And then the second hour, it'll probably drop to 30. Gotcha. Um, I, I, start to, I start to like cut it off just to... Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll fuel up to like the last three miles basically. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I'm about, you know, whatever, 20 minutes from finishing 20 to 25 minutes from finishing, I'll stop kind of eating and just keep drinking. Um, unless I'm feeling tanked and then it's all hands on deck. Give me me whatever you got, you know, that sort of thing. Like you gotta be flexible, but like I've found that my stomach the 90 grams of carbs per hour at that intensity, not a, not an option. Oh, yeah. Uh, so 30, 30 to 60 grams per hour. You again, usually 60 in the first hour and then it drops to 30 for the rest yeah. of the race. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of like, that's kind of my plan. Um, again, bring the bottle out of T2, drink until it's gone. That way I can take fluids whenever I need it. I can take, my gels whenever I need it. And, and really the nice thing with the pH gels is they don't really, you don't really need water with them. Mm-hmm. They, they go down really quick. Um, but I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of my process. And, uh, like there's not like on the bike, you can always like set a timer or something like that on the bike to remind you. Cause look, I, I have coached so many people who like, are go into a race as fit as they can be. And on race day, they forget. Mm-hmm. They forget to eat and drink. Yeah. And it's the craziest thing, but it happens all the time. It's just the atmosphere takes over. Like you're so jazzed up, adrenaline. Like, it, like the, one good thing, I was watching a, a video the other day and they were talking about how adrenaline can, ma- can basically be an appetite suppressant. And so when you get, when you get out of like, the get out of t1 get on the bike you're so jazzed up Mm -hmm. like you won't even think about being hungry oh yeah but you need to be you need to start eating immediately for the run you're eating for the run you're (laughs) you're you haven't eaten in a while because eating to get through the next 45 minutes they're not going to have snacks on the on the kayaks in the water so uh you need to uh start eating early you know but you you can start set a timer, remind yourself every 30 or like, you know, use maybe some of the mile markers or something like that out on course mm-hmm. to, to remind you to eat, yep. um, you, you know, whatever it takes mm-hmm. to rem- remind you to, s- and to separate out your calories too. So a little bit more frequent, yep. lower, vol- lower volumes. Um, but I mean, that's like, that's one of the big problems is isn't the big mistakes man you got to manage your morning race. breakfast yep. nobody eats enough people don't eat enough yep. and then people forget they literally just forget to eat at least start eating early enough on mm-hmm. the bike and they get 20 miles in the bike and they haven't and now they haven't eaten for like an hour and 45 minutes mm-hmm. and 
wouldn't you know it, two hours at moderate intensity is about where people start bonking. Yeah. And that's where it's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to be like, oh, I am hungry. And then it's too late. Yeah. So... Yep, and then if you try to play catch up, now you're overdoing yep. the, the carbs, and and your stomach can't process right. all that. Exactly, you, you, you turn your stomach, and then it's a, a downhill slope from there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, you know, the simplest um, carb, you know, a PH has a great carb calculator now um, that you can go on their website. PH being Precision Hydration. Yeah, PrecisionHydration.com. You can go and check out their carb calculator. And I guarantee you, if you put in that you're doing triathlon and you're going to be out there for five hours, it's going to recommend 60 to 90, 60 to 90 grams of carbs <laughs> per hour. So uh, that is the recommendation. And that, and I've seen, and they're not just the only ones spouting that information. Oh, sure, yeah. um, time and time again, you just even just listening to other people talk, other nutritionists and, and sports, high, like high level sports dietitians and stuff like that and that's the that's the recommendation that coach casey put out the last time we had a a, a nutrition-based podcast was that 30 60 90 uh you know um you start out at 30 grams of carbs per hour you know push it up to 60 if you you know once you can tolerate it we're talking about training your gut again and then if you can get up to that 90 grams of carbs per hour that's kind of what's shown to sustain endurance performance the best the longest yeah so um it takes a little math takes a little practice but overall like it's the fourth sport and you don't want to kill your race by uh under fueling or under hydrating uh you know it can easily take the best oh. fitness and crush it yeah you can turn the lights off pretty quick but it's also not that hard it's not that hard. Like people overcomplicate the crap out of this, mm -hmm. and uh, I think like it it is literally as simple as find the find the electrolyte yep. drink you need, find the electrolyte level you need, keep it in your bottles, yep. drink it to thirst, yep. right? And then how long are you out there? Okay, sixty to ninety grams of carbs per hour. What can you put in your face? you know Each over hour. an hour yep. to to hit those marks and then practice it yep i mean it's it, and then once it works don't change it mm -hmm. until it doesn't work <laughs> don't change it until it doesn't work yep uh and don't overthink it because if you're not if you're finishing races and workouts with with energy and it's not like a um a workout that is like the longest or hardest and longest you've been ever, mm. then you're doing pretty good. Like yep. now that's not to say that you're going to fit because of your, your nutrition and, and hydration plan that you're going to finish a 70.3 feeling like a million bucks. You shouldn't. No, it's not. There's going to be dark times out there. Uh, so, you know, it's not all going to be, you know, rainbows and roses, the whole time but you don't want to totally tank energy wise mm -hmm. um yeah long long distance stuff fueling pacing fueling pacing if you if you don't go out guns a blazing and blow yourself up because of that and if you stay on top of your nutrition from the get-go when that alarm goes off in the morning both times then uh 
you know, those are the two keys of a successful race. Pa- pacing is like, and this is a whole nother podcast, pace, pacing is uh, one of the other big mistakes that people make on, on screwing the up their fueling. The adrenaline you just talked about, yeah, where you're not feeling it. You're not feeling it, you don't eat enough, or you're you're going out so hard that you're, or so much harder than you've mm-hmm. been training that your fueling plan no longer works because your stomach isn't digesting anything because you're going just your you're going too hard heart rate's pegged yeah. yeah so pacing is important uh something like this like for the average person shouldn't feel like a threshold effort mm-hmm. it's not an olympic distance triathlon no uh you know you can always ramp later yeah i mean you were talking you know we're talking uh this is like a 70 to 80 percent effort most of the way this yep. is not 90 plus no um so you know build build into your build into it for sure what i always do wrong is like i get to where it's like an hour to go and if i've been out there for you know four hours three hours i'm like "Ah, only an hour left and then i stop fueling and then i get to that ah 30 minutes to go yeah and inevitably uh the later in the race your intensity level is not going to go down. Yeah, your heart rate. Even if you're steady, to, uh, even yeah. if you're steady, your intensity yeah. level is not going to drop. Yeah. So you're not going to be burning less calories. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So you you. Yeah, I just get lazy late. So don't get lazy yeah. late. Stay focused throughout. Like I said, I I stop fueling. Like at the earliest three miles to go, mm-hmm. um, and then if I feel like I've got energy, like that's where personally at three miles to go that's where i'm going to probably really amp up the last part of the run Mm -hmm. so the intensity is going to climb so i don't want to like i want the fuel in before so i don't have to do it and and risk being you know getting gut rot or something like that when i'm pushing it so you know if i was going to go steady all the way into the finish then i just keep eating Mm -hmm. but generally speaking you better finish strong kick get that kick kick going (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right all right i think that covers it so if you have any questions on on this kind of thing you can always send us an email again check out our friends at precision hydration and see what they've got going on to help you simplify your your fueling uh and hydration plans um we appreciate everyone hanging out listening watching and uh, we'll catch you guys next time adios Peace.